Hello, and welcome to Twice Exceptional, teens exploring and living with neurodiversity. My name is Kate, and I am the host of this educational podcast. I'm currently 17 years old, and I've been diagnosed with ADHD since I was 10. Additionally, I was tested for giftedness as a young age, making me twice exceptional. I started this podcast because living with ADHD can be difficult, and I wanted to find a way to reach out to people and share some information about neurodiversity from the perspective of someone who is dealing with it in their everyday lives. Not only am I neurodiverse, but I also have a brother who is neurodiverse. This episode, I interviewed Lynn and Jonathan, the creators of The Cab Company, which created a book called Robbie the Dyslexic Taxi. I'm so excited to share what they had to say with you guys. And thank you both for joining me today. Thank you for having us. Um, Would you please both introduce yourself, including your name and your connection to neurodiversity? I'm Lynn Greenberg. I am a retired lawyer, the mother of four. My youngest, who is here with us, um, is dyslexic. And we wrote a book together. And uh, so that is how I am part of the neurodiverse community. My name is John, and I am the illustrator of said book. And I am also the one with dyslexia. So that's how I am physically connected to this. And so then this is for both of you because it might differ, but when did you guys first hear about dyslexia just in general? For me, it was being told by um, a specialist uh, after going through testing and I was seven-ish. So I was still very new to the concept. Uh, For me, I had always heard about it, but didn't really know anything about it and didn't know anybody with dyslexia. And then uh, I I knew something was just a little different than John because he's my youngest of four. And then it it turned out after uh, we, we had him tested that there were other people in the family who hadn't admitted to it, unfortunately. And so um, John was very young when when I when I realized what was going on. So, okay. And then you said you were diagnosed when you were around seven. Do you remember any of the diagnostic process? Mm, A little. If you uh, wanted me to tell you exactly what (laughs) happened, probably not the best. Uh, That whole period of time was a bit of a. It just went by very fast mm-hmm. and it was like a whirlwind of activity. But I remember having to go through some uh, like sort of more memorization games. I believe they were called games, even though they weren't really games. And just a bunch of a test that didn't focus on the reading aspect, but more on my computative actions mm-hmm. your cognitive abilities too That's and it. and then also for john um you know he is also adhd so a lot of the testing it took he was he was six and you know when when we started the process and so it was it was hard for him to hold still and do the tests because you know 
because. And so the testing took, you know, a few days to complete. And the tester was lovely and was patient with them, but it did take a while to go through all the tests because, because she was considerate of what John needed and, and the breaks and all of that. So were you diagnosed with ADHD at a similar time or was that later or earlier or? I believe it was at the same time. The testing was a little multifaceted and it sort of just picked up on both. Mm-hmm. Has there been any significant struggles for either of you that came with the dyslexia? Uh, well, when I was in elementary school, um, I couldn't read or write and there was not a lot of faith put into me by my teachers. Uh, They thought I was slow and many other things. They didn't really give me much of a chance. And that was deeply disheartening. I, I won't deny that. I couldn't figure out exactly what was going on and why, no matter how much time and effort I put into this, it wasn't connecting. So that that feeling of, I guess, disappointment in myself has always sort of lingered because of how I was treated then. It's gotten better, but it was it will always be a part of who I am. Mm-hmm. I think it was very hard for John because people are judgmental, and and a lot of his teachers uh, were not were not understanding and and couldn't figure out why John couldn't read a book. You know, oh, John is so, like he can memorize the story. Why can't he read it? And I think people are too quick. I think, you know, some professionals are just not professional in all of the learning differences. And it's very difficult to to teach, to to be accepting and not understanding why every child at a certain point is not you know, conforming. And John is, you know, not just dyslexic and not, and not just doesn't just have ADHD, but he's super intelligent. And, you know, people aren't willing or weren't even at that point willing to understand that he just needed to learn differently. And it wasn't until we had him tested and found the right place for him to learn differently, that things all came together for him. Mm hmm. And then kind of on the other side, has there any been any other any forms of like support that you've received that's been super helpful or people that have really helped encourage you along the way? Well, definitely family. Um, that was a major uh, safety net and support network there. They believed they were willing to give me the time of day and they listened to my concerns and confusion and overall displeasure with the current situation to put it mildly. Um, They spent a lot of time researching it. I remember seeing mom with a book occasionally on at the time I could read it, but later on I would. And it was about how to, handle children with dyslexia this was after I was tested and they just gave so much time and effort to me it mom even drove multiple hours to get me to one school 
that was specialized in teaching people with dyslexia. And that was uh, at least an hour long drive just to get there, not even mentioning back with traffic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think, I think it's really important to, you know, to, to, to treat each person as an individual. Everyone learns differently. And, you know, for, for us, we made a family commitment to giving John whatever, whatever would work best for him, just as, as we did for all of our children. But since John's issues couldn't be, you know, his dyslexia couldn't be really dealt with in this school, we made a family decision to, you know, to take him to this other school, which is in an, another state, actually, but close to the border. And, you know, his older siblings were wonderful, and, and obviously his father. So we made the family decision. And I think, I think in some ways, you know, we're a very close family, but this also brought us closer together. And writing this book has definitely, I think, been so wonderful for, for, for me, but, but for John, he's, he's been able to reach so many people through his words. And we've gotten such a positive response, even from the kids who are now at the school where he was, he's like treated like a rock star. It's, a, it's wonderful. Yeah. That kind of transitions me into the next section because the main reason you guys are here is because you have written a book together. And so I was wanting to ask about what kind of inspired you to write the book and when you wrote the book. Well, when it came to what inspired us, that was, well, I guess I was a main part of why mm -hmm. having Alexia was sort of like a backdoor into being able to enter this community. I, I had the key and I knew how to use it. And I'm also an artist um, by trade. So mom had the idea to do the children's book. And we kind of combined the ideas of maybe parts of ourselves with cartoony characters that maybe my niece and nephew might love to read about. And we also wanted to give some sort of like a deeper meaning to it than just a child's picture book. And so we decided to try discussing dyslexia, which we felt was a very under uh, used topic. During COVID, you know, everybody was was home. And for John, it was hard because as an art major, it's pretty hard to do art virtually. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, um, we were also, I was reading to my grandchildren on FaceTime. And, and so I think, you know, it sort of grew like John was trying to do other art projects. And I was like, Meh, why don't we try a book together, a children's book? And, and it really grew from there for all the reasons John just said. So we thought maybe you know, how could we address it? And we thought a taxi, a car needs to learn how to drive. And what does it do if it can't read the street signs? And what if it needs to turn left or right and can't figure that out? And so we thought it had a lot of opportunity. And that's how we came up with Robbie the Dyslexic Taxi. That's very cool. And what type of like feedback have you guys gotten on the book? I'm sure it's mostly positive, but... Yes. 
so positive. Um, we've we've gotten so many people who have just come up to us and told us we really like what you did. This story means a lot to me. I'm so happy to see someone else in a similar position as me be able to use it for good. It's been very, very empowering. And it just, the feeling is impossible to describe, but it feels like we hit the right nerve somehow. John is being being very humble, but honestly, he's we went when we've done readings at school and when we went back to his school, he's he has been treated like a rock star. You know, some of the kids there are like, can we have your autograph? And, you know, thank you for doing this. And are you going to write another book? And we said yes. And they're like, on what topic? And we said ADHD. And they're like, yay, because there's so many people who have both. And so it's been really positive. And for me, I've had so many parents be like, thank you. This has opened up, you know, my ability to have a conversation with other adults or with my child who is dyslexic or wow, this may be, maybe this answers my question. Um, maybe my child is dyslexic. I'm going to investigate it. So it's been for me also very positive because I've had quite a few, you know, adults and professionals come up to me and say, you know, they really appreciated it and, and um, doctors are, you know, putting it in their waiting rooms. So it's, it's been amazing. Actually, the response has been terrific. That's very cool. Thank you. Yeah. you guys were able to achieve something like this. So um, have you guys, or, yeah, have you guys always been so open about his dyslexia and ADHD and stuff? Or was it kind of a transition when you decided to be more open about it? Like sharing with other people, not like open to your own family, but. No. Well, well I can say if yeah. you look at me for a few minutes, you can probably tell I'm somewhat ADHD after watching my actions for just again, a few minutes, I'll start twiddling my thumbs or bouncing my foot up and down. It's just a thing of me. So that's, you can't hide. Dyslexia, I've never, uh, maybe at first I was a little uncertain about it because I didn't know what it really meant or how others would perceive me. I felt happy that I wasn't slow like some of the teachers thought I was and there's a reason for all this but I didn't really know how other people would react to it however when I especially went to a school filled with other people like me I realized that there's absolutely nothing wrong with it and honestly there's so much that is beneficial uh, with having it a lot of people with dyslexia who I know are the most interesting creative and artistic people I have ever met and so I, I almost wear it as a badge of honor at this point I think I think a lot of people when we first found out were like oh we're so sorry and we kept saying no don't be sorry this is amazing and John is a, an amazing empathetic wonderful person he's artistic he's creative 
he can figure his way out of almost any problem because of his creativity. And I think it opened up conversations with people so that we could do a little more explaining to people who didn't know what it was. But I honestly think as much as we have been open about it, doing this book together has really been another kind of conversation. And John has been, you know, very, very open about how all of this has affected him affected him. And I'm I'm super proud. He's he's been pretty courageous talking about all of it. And uh, so it's been really a wonderful journey together. That's yeah, I'm very happy about that. Also, it's for me, at least I feel like it's better to be more open about it in general. But like, I get that there's a difference between like, not hiding it and then really having to share like all the deep parts of it. So it takes it takes courage. It's not an easy thing to talk about sometimes because there are not everybody is as open to the conversation. So yeah. Okay. So which specific parts of dyslexia do you feel really needs to be addressed more and why? Well, I feel like the creative side of it, I know I I can't give you any statistics and that's on me, but I, I know for a fact there's a lot of and there's also just like a lot of a lack of testing. It is expensive. It is hard to get a hold of. And there are a lot of people out there who I know cannot get the help they need to overcome it. And once you do overcome, it is very beneficial to have but without it you're just walking blind you have no clue what you're doing you have no clue what to do you'll struggle it will not be easy and heck even the school I went to mom and the rest of the family ate a lot of peanut butter and jellies to get me through there it was a private school it is better than it was don't get me wrong but it is still hard to diagnose and hard to get tested for, and then just as hard to get uh, any form of specialized teaching regarding it. So that's that's my opinion on it. Mm-hmm. I think there are so many. I think it's very hard because teachers don't necessarily, teachers have, you know, 20, 25 more kids in their classroom, and it's very hard to figure out what each child needs. You know, you sort of focus on what the majority of your students need. And I think I think there's not enough conversation for teachers and even teachers who are, you know, quote unquote, learning specialists. You know, under that umbrella, there are probably, what, 20 things they're supposed to understand. And I, I think it's impossible to expect that teachers are going to know the Orton-Gillingham method, which we have found is one of the best ways to teach a dyslexic. And I think it's very difficult. And even the specialist, to be honest, the specialist that was in John's school before he left to go to the private school said to me, you know, quietly, because she didn't want to get into trouble, I can't help him here. I don't have the tools. I don't have the knowledge. And, you know, we're understaffed. And I think, unfortunately, that's the case 
in, you know, it that was almost 20 years ago, but I think that's still the case. I think we don't prioritize teaching our teachers and giving them the tools they need to help other children who aren't just totally mainstream. And I think that's a problem. Yeah. Okay. So this is going to be kind of separate questions for both of you. So let's start with, okay. So what advice do you have for parents that are raising children with dyslexia, ADHD, or both? I think, I think you shouldn't always, I think parents need to really go with their gut. I think they need to like, listen to their heart. I, John is our, my youngest of four. So I kind of knew the steps that he should be taking with reading and the alphabet. And I knew that something wasn't quite right. And I had too many people saying to me, he's not smart, he's slow, he's a boy. And I knew that wasn't accurate. And I really had to go with my gut. I had to ask a lot of questions. And I finally found someone who believed me, who who led me to, you know, to finding the the person who tested him. And I think I think unfortunately, sometimes people assume that the educators know what know know everything. And I think even though they try hard, I think it's important to to go with your gut and to absolutely listen to your child when they're trying to tell you what's up. They, they have different ways of explaining depending on their age, but you really, really need to listen to what your child is saying to you and keep digging until you feel like you're finding the answers you need. Okay, that seems like good advice. And then what tips or tricks do you have for people with dyslexia or ADHD that you might have found helpful in your life? Well, I can't really say I have quote unquote tips or tricks. There's no real like how to for this. And each person is very different. The only thing I can say is that don't doubt you are any less than you are. If you find out you have these things, some of the greatest minds have had these differences and I don't like calling them difficulties because that makes it seem like it is some problem or challenge and it can be challenging but if you overcome it it can open up so many possibilities for you and you can just again some of the most creative interesting people I have met have ADHD, have dyslexia, have some learning difference, have some something that separates them from everyone else. And that's not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And then you mentioned this earlier, but you guys are going to be writing a second book, correct? We are. Very cool. Is there anything you can tell us about that or just that it's about ADHD? <laughs> Well, we've decided we've had such a positive response and have realized that learning differences are totally, as John said, underserved community in in the children's book, especially um, area. And so we decided we would now since um, since, you know, since Robbie 
had it's Robbie the dyslexic taxi. And since all of his friends are cabs or other cars and trucks, we've decided to call the series. We're making a series and we're calling it the Creative Cab Company because that's where he works. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, we've started to write the book. John's doing his beautiful illustrations and Hopefully, you know, it'll be out soon and, you know, we, we'll let you know, but it's uh, going to be about ADHD. So I'm very excited for that, seeing as I have ADHD myself. We'll, but, have, to get, we'll have to get your opinion on it and see what you think. Yeah. Well, thank you guys so much. Is there anything else you would like to share before we finish up? Just thank you so much for having us. Mm -hmm. and where can people find the book also so right now we have a website robbie the dyslexic robbie the taxi and um you can find us on instagram and facebook um under the creative cab company um you can go to amazon and do type in robbie the dyslexic taxi and the airport adventure and it will come up um, barnesandnoble.com, but the website, if you go to the website, which we're, we're hoping to now soon have it called uh, creative cab company, but right now it's Robbie, the taxi. If you go there, there are all the links you could possibly need for our, for our social media and for buying the book. And we hope people buy it and enjoy it and let us know because there's a, a spot on there that you can, uh, DM us or contact us as well. We always love to hear from fans. Well, thank you guys so much. I had such a fun time interviewing Jonathan and Lynn, and I would love to do more interviews like this. If you would like to reach out to me, reach out through email to twiceexceptionalpodcast at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you. Consider following me on TikTok or Instagram at twice underscore exceptional podcast.